The United States is, if it were a corporation, it would be bankrupt. It's losing $200 billion a year. For years now, it's been losing that. All right, it's Thursday, April 9th. Today we'll be discussing constitutional carry. Once again, um, Taboo, One Way Inc. will be joining me. And uh, we'll give you our opinions with a few fun facts. Enjoy the show. Everybody take care. Taboo's on. This topic is constitutional carry. For the listeners out there, there we go. You, you, you're, you're gonna want to hear this one, <laughs> which uh, you know some of the states are opting for. I'll get you guys views on that. Do it. <laughs> I tried to get in touch with my, well, I contacted my cousin Carlos, former sergeant in NYPD. But unfortunately, he's working, so okay. he said uh, next time. But that would have been a a good perspective on his end as former law, as law enforcement. Yeah, to have him speak on that, yeah. 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 Because I uh, watched a video of a police officer that said, at first I was on my police stuff, I was partial, I, I was judgmental, and I said, no, I don't believe in the uh, constitutional carry. Then he said, after a while, I... I started seeing things clear and said, no, this is a good thing. What made and you think? I, mine. An ex, ex-convict saved a state trooper's uh, life huh. from someone trying to kill him. Huh. So he's like, basically, I would want somebody like that around me if this were to happen to me. Um, Everybody with a gun is a dangerous human being. They know that. It depends on not the person, but what they do with it, no matter who it is. Yeah. Because all these mass shootings, as we see, it's a certain genre of people as we'll say it, it's not the average guy in the urban neighborhood not even nine times out of ten ten times out of ten it's a person that doesn't have criminal history who can legally obtain and buy quote unquote that has a record yeah or as a convict obtain or buy weapons firearms rifles handguns shotguns etc and they're the ones going in there and committing these murders and mass killings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen an ex-con commit mass murders yet. No, I, I, I have you know yet what? to what, see that. You know what's funny about that? I don't think... Whatever have you. All these mass shootings that's been going on for the last five or six years now. Longer than that. I don't think any of them were convicted. But then that goes to a, old, um, a video years ago. The Chicago, I don't know if he was an ex-gang member, older guy. He said, listen, he said, I remember times that we would go into the alleyways in Chicago and there'd be crates of automatic guns and ammo in there. Literally. And was like, where did these come from? Nobody just loses anything like that. And what he said was the government are dropping guns in the community. Convicts. No, they weren't. Or violent violent felons or anything like that. Nor had a criminal background. Right. And passed and passed criminal background checks yep you see they'll paint the picture that these guys had these made up weapons it doesn't matter if it was a uh, 
federally regulated weapon or a made-up weapon. It's what your it's the actions that that person took, yep. the individual took at the time that they had that in their possession. So, you know, lawmakers, some lawmakers say gun control. This is what's happening, and some would say, well, if you take them away, how can you protect the people that need them? Because the other side is always going to have them. Mm-hmm. in their community. That's what he said. I just don't feel like they should uh, infringe on the Second Amendment. Keep it to that. We'll go deep. So I'm going to let you guys give your opinions on it, and then I'm going to come in with uh, some fun facts. And uh, this is not legal advice. Very fun facts that I think that uh, good old people should know that they don't. If you, if you are seeking legal advice, you should obtain a, an attorney, a lawyer. We are not lawyers <laughs> at all. No. Ask your attorney or lawyer, do they have a license to practice law? When they lie to you and say yes, simply say, do you have an admissions to the bar or an actual license? And see from that response, this is not legal advice. I would just quote case law, federal law, constitution, bill of rights, things of that nature, ATF memorandums, etc., my thing is, it's just a few things. That no, nothing I'm saying, there's any merit to what I'm saying. But I think everybody should be able to have a weapon to protect their family yeah. or their loved ones. Or to go out and hunt. We have the right to forage for food. So that means if nobody can get a gun, that means nobody, everybody starves. Nobody can have protection at home. So when people start looting, which I've seen on the news, there's an increase in looting and it becomes more violent how can you protect yourself without a without a weapon it's either your fist or or, you know makeshift weapons that you can make at home what good are they going to do when the next person has a gun and you have a knife don't bring a knife to a gunfight no you just simply call the police right (laughs) yeah so if that happens that's why i believe these states are pushing or have already pushed constitutional carry because they're like yo protect yourself because it's gonna hit the fan and they're not telling people that all this stuff with this coronavirus all boils down to we don't believe the government something's not right you're not telling us everything why my thing is too what happens when like you said there's thousands of people looting and rioting and say somebody breaks in your house you call the police are you doing what you're doing <laughs> oh now you see the importance of the second amendment yeah. And something like this, if it hits the fan, the police are not going to be worried about a thousand calls of people, you know yeah. what I mean, trying to break yeah. in your house. They're going to be like, yo, listen, man. They ain't coming. Somebody might be trying to break in my house, too. They're not coming. They're not coming. So what are, what are, what are people forced to do, especially when the assailants probably have some type of weapon if they're bold enough to, to loot? You're not going to loot just off your hands you might at first but eventually you will obtain something to make it easier and you would advance from that it gets better and better and better as you progress what happens when they don't show up your family is either a couple of things your family is either one yeah. dead be a victim two a victim of some heinous crime that they shouldn't have been involved in anyway or three i mean somebody got hurt in that i mean it, it's 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 clear as day everybody needs to be able to have weapon protect the right to protect their own family and their loved ones that's what the law wants mm-hmm. to do just 
Just lay down. Yeah, lay down and take what I got. That's what the law is, my thing. What if you're a convict, an ex-con, convicted felon, and they say that you don't have the right to possess and bear arms, and that happens to you, you become the victim. If you don't know your rights, you assert your rights. And I have to be honest. If I were a convicted felon, and somebody were to come into my house, and there just so happened to be some type of struggle, and I was to disarm him and I had his weapon, he is going to oh, be shot. Yeah, he's going to be shot. Trust and believe he's gonna that. Be because there's no way in hell I'm going to say, well, I'm not going to protect myself because I'm a felon. You're, no. you're crazy. No. Everybody so, has the I right to protect it. themselves. That's like saying I'm no. I, that's like saying I'm no better, or I, I'm less of a person than you are because you don't have a felon. Or you know, they know that the the majority of people that are quote unquote felons are minorities. So I find it is biased because in the early establishment of this country. They prolong citizenships of Native Americans and African Americans, so they wouldn't have the right to bear arms. A lot of people don't know that. This is why it took so long for Native Americans and African Americans to gain citizenship because they were scared that they would have the right to bear arms. Now, vote, vote. That the main, the main majority was the main, uh, the main subject was voting. Yes, but that fell in place. Uh, with the guns and stuff, they didn't want anybody to rise up against them, or or them feel like they were scared of, you know, the population. Here's the kicker: the same people that made those laws also put laws in place when the settlers came here from Britain. Yeah. Right. And they mandated everyone to be a militia and to have arms, mandated mm-hmm. by law, for protection from rebellious as they say indigenous natives that were uh, attacking them savages trying to take their land the land that they stole from them basically and for tyrannical government and for protection and for hunting this Mm -hmm. was law so these people put all these laws in place and then later down the line when people get some type of equality quote unquote they say, well, we're going to make it harder for you to obtain this because we really are the ones that want to bear arms and not and won't give you the right. For, for fear of retribution, maybe. We don't know. It's all fair now. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. To... It's still not fair, though. It's still not fair. I, I've no, 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 no. It's not fair at all. Going into a gun shop and then filling out all the paperwork to go get a rifle and then look at me say uh nah but i know for a fact that the other gun shop i just came from and bought a rifle at for you know a couple days ago they gave it to me everybody can well everybody has the right to bear arms if you want to do it through the federal system and register and all that you that's that's on you then you're regulated it's based on your discretion all right so i played the clip at the beginning of this segment and if you are intelligent enough, you would know that it is actually, and it's from Donald Trump, from 1986. A hint, I would say. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is he said, I'm going to the beautiful yeah, go to the facts. Facts. I want to know If the United States were a corporation, it would be bankrupt. Now, 
Why is that so important? Because House Joint Resolution 192 in 1933, that's when the United States was bankrupt for the second time and to form the Treasury Department made these fake, this fake money, FRNs, Federal Reserve notes, that were not backed by gold. They confiscated all the gold, made it a crime to possess gold. They took the gold from the people, literally, and said, listen, all debts are prepaid. And we got you, don't worry. So that they could appease the people. And they was like, okay. But what happened was they figured out we can make these people into corporations, into persons, the legal persons, not the natural person, and make money off them, off their labor by taxation when it's actually illegal because how can you tax somebody off of something that has no monetary value your money isn't backed by gold so if you took my wealth how are you going to force me to work and take from my wages from my work it's a Mm. double whammy that's where the federal reserve comes in when people talk about all the the, uh, straw man all that other stuff that's what they mean by that that your birth certificate is actually called a Sestaquay Trust. And when that happens, my point being is that becomes desperate times. There comes the looting, there comes the rioting, there comes the total anarchy. That's why I believe that there's no gun sales. So yeah, it, it's money. That's another. No, it's not that much. It's like 127 million or something. Okay. Like I checked it. It's. Probably more now. Everybody, but I didn't even get into all that. My point is, they use this fake fiat currency, fiat meaning bull. And again, Trump said when he was running, now listen, remember I said the word bubble. There's a huge bubble. What he meant was the fake money and the fake economy in the stock market is going to explode, implode. And when it does, it's like a bubble and it's going to burst. And what you will have is worse than a depression. They're right. going to get these guns from. And people are trying to do constitutional carry. Okay, so if you're not, you don't have any gun sales and you're implementing constitutional carry, then where the, something ain't right. It's a conflict. Something ain't right here. You stop federal gun sales. And then 14 states issue constitutional carry. Where are they going to get right. it from? Another thing is they have contingencies. You can't have crime or uh, spousal abuse or mental uh, it's just like any state statute or code it's not law you can't say a constitutional carry and then it's like an oxymoron it is what it isn't and then have a contingency on it because the constitution is doesn't give you the right to bear arms it secures your right to bear arms. See, people have that messed up and misconstrued. They think it gives you the right. No, 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 no. Ready you yet. have it already. It cannot be taken, and that affirms it. People don't know that. The language will mess you up. And I have the case law where it says the law is to be interpreted mm-hmm. in your favor. So if I'm interpreting as it's written, it's in my favor, that becomes law now. That's mm-hmm. my Every, defense. Everything is, is language nowadays. It's the language, but you must know the language because you exactly. can trip yourself up. And this is their words. So 14 states saying, yeah, you can do it, but. No, there's no but. Because constitutional carry, the supremacy clause says the Constitution is supreme law of the land. So if the Constitution safeguards my right to do something, there's no contingency about it. 
So if they for them to say it's constitutional, say one was to get arrested and you were in trial, you would say, isn't it true I, to the state attorney? Is it not true that you, I mean, that the state, because the feds are backing it? Wow. And it's a whole so, lot of words. It's um, a whole lot of words and language in there to get, like, like they said, to get people hung up and, and stumbled up on what they're saying, so they don't understand themselves. You know, it's a conflict because the Second Amendment is the only amendment that has background checks and a permit. They don't say you got to have a background check or a permit before I go in your uh, house to do a, a lawful search or seizure. They don't say you got to have, based on your criminal history, the Sixth Amendment, you don't have the right to good counsel because you're not a good person in our eyes or you don't deserve to have representation. We got You got to buy your own because you have money. No, there's no contingency. That's the only one that has a contingency, which shows that it's, it's not valid. Really think about it. Like I said, oxymoron. So, how can you say you're going to do something for the people, but you're not really giving it to them? So, the supremacy clause of the Constitution of the United States established that the Constitution, federal laws made pursuant to it, and treaties made under its authority constitute the supreme law of the land and thus take priority over any conflicting state laws. Meaning, the feds... If we got to go with the Constitution regardless of what the state says. But people take a plea in a state and say, you know what, I'm not going to move this to the federal court, which you have the right to do so. The uh, the, 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 the First Amendment, you have the, you know, the freedom of speech. They don't say unless. You would just go in there with the supremacy clause and say, well, that's the supreme law of the land and you took an oath to uphold it. So why are we here? Unless you get on my nerves or whatnot. <laughs> So their contradiction, their their own rules put in the law, constitutional carry. Yes. Can you define the word constitution? Yes. Do you are you aware of the supremacy clause and what the constitution means in the supremacy clause? Yes. If not, let me enlighten you. Which means supreme law of the land, meaning it cannot be taken from. It can only be equal to or greater than. That's what the supremacy clause really means. When we put in place, nothing can be taken from it. Only equal to or greater than. What that cop changed his law, I mean his mind, because um, there's a dude named Thomas. I, I don't know that. No, it might have been. Anyway. But yeah, Thomas Yaxell. I, I I I don't know Yaxell. He was an ex-con in in Arizona, and he's the one, excuse me, that stopped that um dude from killing that state trooper with a firearm. So they say, with the with the. And may I ask, may I ask what what, what you know, race was this was this uh, comic or? The FBI, this is from them, says that constitutional carry reduces crime. Here's the states. All right, they sit back. They don't say nothing. That's crazy. That That's a Democrat for you people. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm a Republican, Democrat. I'm an independent thinker. So I'm just letting you guys know that. So the FBI says one thing. They, they're on it. They say another thing like, oh, why would you say that? You know, check this out. The head of Indiana, Family and Social Services, the admin, um, administration, um, the calls to the state's mental health and suicide prevention hotline went from 1,000 to 25,000 a day during this pandemic. So they're not going to tell me that the people are not affected by this and people are not going to get desperate. Because if 25,000 people are calling suicide hotline and mental mm-hmm. health, there's a problem. They need help, and they reached out. What about right. the ones that didn't reach out? Yeah. 
All these states here have constitutional carry. Alaska, Arizona, Idaho, Kansas, Maine, Mississippi, uh, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Vermont, Wyoming, West Virginia. Now, Michigan and North Carolina is only like some parts. And I think Montana, some parts are constitutional carry which doesn't make any sense yeah. you can be here but you can't be there but even there they have a list of like places that you can't be like a school, yeah. obviously a school a um, a concert police station like who would want to take any you know isn't Wisconsin on that list too you know Alaska Arizona Wyoming the murder rates dropped and they said that it's a crime deterrent so when the FBI it's funny because when the FBI says the guns are bad all the Democrats all the gun haters jump on the bandwagon yeah we gotta take the guns out of but when they say no it's actually a good thing that yes yeah. Wisconsin is definitely yeah. I, I, I was I used to they are definitely yes they are in there they are Vermont they they don't even Vermont is a state that has been doing constitutional carry see it puzzles me how Bernie Sanders is a Democrat and Democrats against guns but he comes from a state where they literally don't ask you if you have a permit for your concealed weapon or not who you are none of that they are a constitutional state probable cause all of that they they you assert your rights and they 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 abide by it, you know there's a few states and I love them because they're the ones that after like uh 10 years they'll yes. give you back your rights I, I do respect some of those states. Um, like I said, the, the, it doesn't. The Second Amendment don't get. The, it doesn't give you the right. It secures it, and people got to understand that. And that's in the Constitution, and in the Constitution also in the Second Amendment, it says that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. All that is in one, even with the commas, a free state. For the security of the free state is what they're selling you. And where they got this was from was from Great Britain. When the people rebelled against King James II because he tried to take all the guns. In um, 1689. And through the English Bill of Rights, that's what solidified the right to bear arms. And the Supreme Court, they, they said that's where they got the Second Amendment from. One thing it says, it doesn't say one or the other where it says the right of the people to keep. Yeah or just bear because if you keep something that doesn't mean you're bearing it like a dog you bear something right it's on your hip so it gives you the option on either side to keep bear arms so that means go out that means have it at your house and go out in public with it the right of the people to keep and bear arms it's necessary if you knew this was the um, tyrannical government that happened before, why would you not still have it? You do. It's in the United States Constitution and state constitutions for a militia. So, because the United States was a British colony first. So, they protected themselves. And those same laws apply today. That's how I feel. But here's another thing. I say these cases like I had before. Murdoch versus Pennsylvania. No state can convert a secured liberty into a privilege and issue a license and a fee for it. And if they do, Shuttlesworth versus Birmingham, Alabama states that you can ignore the license and engage in the right with impunity. Supremacy clause states that the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. All federal courts are subservient to the Constitution. All federal officers took an oath to uphold the Constitution. Supreme Court cases are saying you can do this. And if they say you can't, here's the law to back it up. It says you can do it. The Constitution says you can do it. And 
that the, the supremacy clause also states the constitution supersedes and federal law supersedes the state that's crazy it's insane so the states are saying no you can't do it here well i need to move out of here and go to arizona then or somewhere else to protect myself because i've already i have my rights infringed from a tyrannical government state police and and and, and suffolk county district attorneys breaking the law abusing governmental process uh, fabricating crime scenes that's a tyrannical government it, it could be like that if the people don't um, assert their rights now loopholes are there any loopholes <laughs> oh yes there are this is not legal advice let gun makers well they were required to obtain licenses for the federal government to stamp serial numbers on any weapons they produce right but it um also provided an exemption for people who made their own guns for personal use there's something called the gun control act which was established in 1968 the passage of the gun control act and then they um that's when they opened the brady gun law but even that included similar allowance for homemade weapons so it's legal for you to build your own guns people and this is from the atf i'm not saying this but the gun control act solidifies that my point being is if you was to have like they used to say the 80 percent uppers you can make your own weapon no you can't sell it you do some time but even as a felon there was a case in california gun violence prevention act is what it was called um that's what established the federal background check system in 1933 what's his name joseph Rowe, who made manufacture ar-15 built them atf ran down on them undercover sting locked them up he went to court for four years they, they basically was going to dismiss it and they gave him a deal to stay out of trouble for a year so you have an operation where you claim that i was making illegal firearms ar-15s you raided found completed ar-15s lowers everything even milled one with the atf wow. and all he got was a year it was a legal scholar that said i'm waiting for someone to contest this all the way see he beat it but he didn't know it. he's backed up by the law that's Kong. that's that that's what they're yes yeah, so they can say we can't track fully automatic rifle with a barrel or you know under uh federal guidelines and all that a firearm is a weapon that is listen under federal law you can manufacture firearms for your own use without any kind of permit or registration and you don't have to create a serial number this includes buying receivers that are not fully finished right, called 80 percent finishing them yourself finished gun which is a ghost gun basically um semi-automatic rifle with a barrel of less than 16 inches used to be 18 18 inches so anything less than be safe 18 inches is considered a firearm or a fully automatic unregistered oh, yeah. machine gun is definitely a firearm pistol is not a firearm a shotgun is not a firearm a rifle is not a firearm a homemade ar-15 made from parts that you bought online is not a firearm a glock 19 that you made with parts online is not a firearm due to it and, and that's from the atf i'm not this isn't me i'm not giving y'all legal advice sorry this is what they say i'm <laughs> just going with what they say control there was another uh case in california with this this convict well this felon he was caught with the uh homemade ar-15 
they charged them with weapon in the feds or at least slow down how to produce them with the knowledge we take away by regulating it so you take it out of your your view because everybody found out about this online so you take it offline and newer people won't know about it but they're still not negating the fact that the law still applies if you were to do it don't say i heard you no you didn't I'm just telling See, you what the ATF and, and they covered their own ass about these. Too. And if you go back and notice, you can go to YouTube or whatever, and it's all on the internet, whatever. But not anymore. Since all that happened, they had problems with all that stuff. They took every video clip off of YouTube on how to on how to assemble the firearm or or, or. that way they can say okay. We, because they're telling you we cannot take that law due to the supremacy clause again out of law but we can he basically beat it but then took a deal with possession of ammunition because in, in in california you wow, have to I get a background check even for ammunition that's, that is insane yeah that's insane so so hold on so so with all so the ammunition for felons are illegal that was what they got all say, okay the gun like, is it illegal wow. yes you have to have a background check but what they did, what people didn't see, was say, without telling the people, gun was not illegal. But I would have went to trial on that because you can't say I don't have the right to uh, bear ammunition because in the Constitution, it doesn't say I don't have the right to bear ammunition. There's no language in there for the ammunition. That's new stuff. There's no way that I could see some uh, innocent bystander or person being harmed by somebody in criminal activity, trying to hurt or harm them, take their life, even a police officer, and I can do something about it. And just because they say I'm a felon, I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. It just, it's your human moral duty to protect the innocent or a person who is not in the wrong, period. It's just the right thing to do. And it's nothing that can stop But then the everybody, everybody's you know? not like you, Julian. You have those people that say, oh, I'm a felon. Let me stay out of this. I don't want to go back. The arms that you're bearing, because why else would you bear them? You see, they try to add all this stuff in the end. But people have to argue. See, I can see it in my mind in the it, But they're not thinking about the other nah. person. As they said in the movie Troy, Remember. <laughs> this is how your name will not be remembered. I mean, if they say that you did this, okay, if you if you had a amount of time of nothing but positive things, exactly. like why would you still, I'll be fair as an ex-convict allegedly i would say like most states after a certain amount of time all that shit goes out the without any trouble yes you you, you your right should automatically be restored back to you through your your legal your right fiction, your, anyway, your, your legalese whatever hold somebody back to that like you're saying that you can never right. be good but you can always be bad that's what you say when you do that Listen, you can never be good, so we can never give you this. <laughs> That's like saying you're a That means you're I can always, always be bad. And you're always going to be a convict. Exactly. That's like saying, all right, you caught one DWI and got into an accident. We're right. taking your car. You're never driving never again. trust you again. Because you can never be a good driver. That's just like this um, attorney. Um, What's his name? Macedonia. Ooh. got caught with like a half a key of coke in or kilo of cocaine and got caught got disbarred he got he's, he's practicing law again you see you protect yourself why didn't you say you're never allowed to um, be an attorney again you broke the law one who is a officer of the court 
Exactly. I, we've seen police officers get arrested for illegal activity throughout the years, even local. So who is doing good and who is doing bad? This is how I look at it. If you buy a weapon, you're telling the government, this is what I have, yes. Okay. It's not your business. See? No matter if they had it in their house or not, if you knew or you didn't know, how many people have something in their house that the police don't know about? See what I'm saying? So it's no different than a person who can get it anyway a crime have it in their house with that weapon. That's without the only you thing know. that they need to worry about. Because if you got a submachine <laughs> gun with a thousand round belt, you what are you trying to ask? Are you serious? Like, what are you doing with that? Yeah, man, that's not cool. What are you trying to do? If you got uh, AR-15, 40-round clips with silencers and threaded barrels, and you know, that's different. But if you have one that's a regular-sized barrel, we were just having a discussion on constitutional carry, our opinions and our views, with a few fun facts for the people. And again, this is not legal it's advice. It has not been legal advice. And in your same clip capacity for your personal use, you're not trying to hurt nobody you're not shooting no deer with no silencer I'm taboo and this is Julian <laughs> opinions and some some case law and, and quotes and, and, and reports from ATF and the federal government so at Old Point News we appreciate your time Native American views and opinions on what's going on on today's world thank you fully automatic well, if you're 21 and have a clean record, you could soon carry a concealed handgun in public without a permit. News Channel 5's Kyle Horan has details about a constitutional carry bill that is an effort led by Governor Lee, who said he didn't support permitless, permitless carry in the past. Governor! Today, I'm announcing that we will be joining 16 other states in this nation by introducing a constitutional carry law in the state of Tennessee. The issue of guns will always be polarizing, but today, the governor's hope that Tennessee becomes a permitless carry state brought forth many questions. The measure will allow anyone over 21 to carry a handgun, just like handgun carry permits do right now. It also increases the penalties for those who steal guns or for people who are caught with guns that are stolen. But as many in Nashville law enforcement know, many times those caught with stolen handguns are under the age of 18. What about them? In this legislation, they're not included. It will stiffen the penalties for those who um, provide a handgun to a juvenile. Now, what I'm most concerned about is the number of lives that are going to be impacted. For Beth Jocelyn Roth, the policy director for Safe Tennessee Project, this was the last bill she wanted. And what we know is that stronger gun laws correlate with lower rates of gun violence. So it's very frustrating to see the leadership of our state go in the opposite direction. Thank you all. Thank you. Those with Lee and many in the Republican camp want this to become law because they say it's a personal freedom issue, that this will lead to citizens protecting themselves and others. Hence why the bill is called constitutional carry. But some wonder if taking away the training requirement will really make Tennessee safer. Right now, a law-abiding citizen, if the law-abiding citizen wants to get, uh, wants to carry a concealed weapon, he or she can go 
and get the appropriate training and qualify for a permit. That's never been a problem. All right, Old Point News, we're back. We have a good old friend of mine from high school, Justin Dickerson. Very politically correct, very impartial and fair. And he'll give you his synopsis and opinions on the Constitution to carry. Introduce yourself. Hello, Justin Dickerson, as Julian has so graciously brought me in. I'm here to uh, stir the stew a little bit, as they say. Yes. Okay. So what's your opinion? Because me and Taboo from One Way Inc. says hello, by the way. We had we discussed it, and we had a little difficulties, people. We couldn't get Justin on or my cousin Carlos, which is former sergeant at NYPD, to get different opinions. So I had to uh, reach out to get it, make sure I get his side of the story. That way, no one thinks that it's being partial. So, what do you feel about what's going on today with the constitutional carry? Do you agree? Do you disagree? That constitutional carry in certain situations should be allowed, of course. Um, I believe that there should be restriction on all good things and bad things. So my biggest hang up on all these things is always the prior mental health of people who are considered. Um, With that said, we can take a look at certain situations. Uh, One of the biggest ones I had in the past was with uh, Dylan Roof. There was the Nexus system that was being used to check him from the FBI. Yes. To have his pistol permit all in order. And as he was purchasing, there's a time limit that the federal government has on just being able to do a background check. I believe that should be expanded to the point to where the FBI has to come back with an answer. And yes. that the gun store owners have to, number one, sit and wait on it. And also the public has to understand that this is a, the best case scenario for protection for the people nationwide and nations wide. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mental uh, health is a big issue. But how would they know ahead of time that a person had mental issues or not? Sometimes they knew, sometimes they didn't know. See, that is that is the crux of the whole situation because of, you know, doctor-patient um, mm. uh, privacies. That's one thing. Do I believe that they should be a little more forthgoing with certain things like schizophrenia, uh, bipolar disorders, um, things of that nature? I do. I really do think you need to know and a secure private server only for government use but not to be used in discriminatory um fashion fashion absolutely i don't believe that it should go and mark across all things i think every individual thing that you go for let's say a security license stuff like that it has to go on individual background checks it can't be just put there for everyone to see at that point you have to request it you have to also have to be foil accredited. So freedom of information law right you have to be accredited and you have to be a trusted site uh such as someplace like ally barton who does uh who did my training for when i was going to work for lockheed martin and i believe that for myself that was something huge that needed to happen i was very thankful 
that you know they do those thorough background checks they check to see what you had and even though i did have a uh, charges when i was 21 mm-hmm. i had a grand larceny charge that was against me in mm-hmm. east hampton uh village now from that yes. we found out that the local hardware store that was there which i won't name that they were trumping up what was being taken in order to fill their bottom line. They wanted to make money off the situation. Trying to break that. That's breaking the law. And as my attorney, a very good local former attorney is now retired. You um, could say his name if you if you choose. No, you know, I, we, I, we like to. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big guy in putting anybody out like that. I'll just say that they're local. They, they take well, I'll say we appreciate those attorneys who really do work for the people. Continue. I do. Um, so with that, even when I was when I was going from Lockheed to Suffolk County Police Department, as far as going through their um, their process for becoming a deputy sheriff, I made sure mm-hmm. that those locked or those sealed documents were opened. I had to make sure that happened because I want to be forefront. full disclosure. Sure. Full disclosure. You're going to know I'm not hiding anything. You're going to know I'm up and up. And I want people to know exactly what they're getting themselves into so that there's no ridicule on maybe or perhaps a good magistrate that's trying to do the right thing and and bring the best of the best into their fold. I wanted to make sure I was good. My for, for, for the my, for the listeners, not to cut you off. Yeah. He used the word magistrate, not judge. I'll get into that on another, another segment, but sorry. Okay. Well, that's a good lead in for your next subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with that all said, um, my my investigator actually was kind of taken back. He was like, why would you just give me information like that? And I was like, because you deserve it. I deserve yes. to also tell you my road from where I was to where I've become now. Am. Yes, as a man. It, mm-hmm. And that's that's as far as it. But going back to constitutional carry, I think, I think that, yes, it, it's a good thing. Do I think it in some people's minds be oppressive to see somebody walking around with an open carry um yes i do think so i think it does well some sort of fear um so in today's society because this was the norm a hundred years ago plus sure plus you see so it's today's society sure and in my opinion and i believe i believe that society itself in certain ways shapes or form just like uh you know we can go back and say like certain saloons or certain uh, marketplaces that would say okay you need to leave your weapons outside yes. and we will you know archive it for you we'll hold it and it'll be in mm-hmm. safekeeping i mean they did that back in the middle ages the dark ages all the things yes just in short, that way it's a safe space when everybody's inside right so if you got bludgeoned to death it'd be with your fist not with a sword <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i'm a little divided because the term constitutional carry, it, it's it's like an oxymoron to me because the states are saying we're doing constitutional carry, the 14, mm-hmm. and Tennessee just came. And I, I, I was raised in Tennessee. I love it. And they've always were pro two-way, Second Amendment, right? So, But they give contingencies that say that, well, you, you can't possess one if you were a convicted felon. That right there, because... Allegedly, well, on paperwork, I am a convicted felon. And in my eyes, it's, it, it tells me that you're always looked at as a criminal and you can never do good again. Because that is the only um, amendment that has a contingency, a background check to it. 
it, it doesn't make sense to me. You see, so I'm always looked at as doing bad, and I can't protect myself. But some states, after ten years, they do grant you your rights back. So constitutional carry with the contingency is an oxymoron because the Constitution doesn't give you the right to bear arms. It solidifies the right to keep and bear arms. Either situation, meaning you can possess at your home when you're a person or you can you can have it open, open carry. And that's a right. Now, the Supreme Court cases... Um, Murdoch versus Pennsylvania states that no state can convert a secured liberty into a privilege and issue a license and a fee. And then Shuttlesworth versus Birmingham, Alabama states that you can ignore the license and engage in the right with impunity. So there's a Supreme Court case that's stating you have the right to assert, you need to assert it. And state statutes and codes are saying, unless. So they're making the contingency, and that's the divide because nobody contests it in the Supreme Court because it's costly well, and I, I've seen a um, scholar say I wish somebody would contest this I'm the one that would do it sure and you see and I would because say I believe starts, in the Constitution I think it starts at the at the circuit courts actually um, this is one of um, one of the speaking points uh, many years ago that I made when I had uh, my own radio show on 94.9 and I was part mm-hmm. of uh, Freedom on Deck and the biggest thing was in this whole thing is that it's the circuit courts and who's sitting on those circuit courts and how they mm. fit. now that's your and there's that's your yes. first line that's where you have to start mm. with anything usually unless it's a federal offense federal offense then yes. you have to go to the you know you go to riverhead and you sit and it's a chain of command exactly mm-hmm. so are you going to abide by it and take it what they do at the circuit level or are you going to appeal now that appeal yeah that becomes money that becomes time out Mm -hmm. of your day yes and some people who can't afford to take a fight to that level will have to just bow to that ruling but Mm -hmm. here's the thing going back to what i used to say i said you know what everybody goes against this whole thing of obama's greatest legacy in his oh. administration and they go oh it was this it was that it was it was nothing it, it was, I'm it sorry, was the house it was getting the house changed it was getting no it really wasn't the biggest one was is the justices across the country thank and you and if you go and look there are a boatload sorry my sorry for the you know for that saying but there's a boatload of liberal judges mm-hmm. and justices mm-hmm. across this nation who will not see the constitution as a standing document but as a living document and it must be changed and you have to take perception as reality in the day that you live in where on the other side of course they will say it's a standing document it means what it meant and it and it's meant to go through time as it's perceived at that time that's going to be your fight that's going to be everybody's fight who you know like a former felon who's going to try and say new york to try and prove their point that hey i'm no longer a danger i did this this is what happened but i proved myself over time and i do have to go through a process to show that i have been an upstanding citizen and i do deserve mm-hmm. my right yes that was god given yeah, but you know what? I look in the Bible and never see anything about God saying about a firearm. I know what a creator. <laughs> creator well, he, 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 
he, he, he okay, well, something created us and it wasn't a man. So how can one control another man? Now, see, the U.S. Now, when you said about the liberal judges, here's the kicker. They're narcissists. I, I fought a few of them, you know, and um, United States Code Title 28, subsection 453 is the oaths of justices and judges. And they all in this in this title, the United States Code, it states that all officers of the court must take an oath to up to 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 um obtain their office and that oath is to up to uphold the constitution so these liberal judges are not even um standing on what they took an oath to uphold it's insane to me you know i just the legalese and the law are two different things and people need to overstand that because states violate the constitution every single and it's because they want to have their they want to have their separation of, of state and federal powers, yeah, yeah, of state. Now federal, you're right. So we could control and, everything. And the perfect example yeah. of that, Julian, is Southampton Town and Village. You take a look at their, oh, you take a yes. look at their policing Preach. and how they do things. Do you see Suffolk County coming in and policing any of this area? Ever Never. in my whole twenty plus they years, they only come to pick you up and here. they only come to take you away when you got a show. Not even that. They only the, the, the they don't even they got Southampton Town that does it mostly. Suffolk County is mainly, I would say, Cinema Riches. Cinema Riches. You are. You know what? I lived in Cinema Riches. I lived on Jerusalem Hollow. I lived right there. I know mm-hmm. where that substation is. And it's because people gave up their sovereignty, which is a big word around here. Yes. That's not a Native American thing, people. That's all Americans. We're all sovereign. Just letting you know. At Just one letting you know. level, one way or another, that is absolutely true talk right there. Now, when you give that when up, you get the, with, it, you know, voluntarily, you can't do anything about likely. the state because the state can do anything except for reservations when they are supposed to be, and this is in quotation, supposed to be asked to come on in order to help a situation. They cannot just come on by themselves unless they are in hot pursuit. And hot pursuit is a very slippery slope. This is a Southampton man. We went to high school together. He grew up in Southampton as well as I. And he's not Shinnecock. He's always been a friend of our nation. He will always be my friend and my brother. And he just told you an impartial view about the municipalities coming on a sovereign nation. It's not me saying it. This is a um, community member outside of Shinnecock. Well, also, Julian, so also Julian, you have to understand is that not only do I have a very, a very good relationship with you and others that are on Shinnecock, and mm-hmm. we have grown up together, and we have a certain mm-hmm. level of respect for each other. But the other thing is, too, Forever. is that we do have what I can what I consider family that are also from um, Seneca Nation. I was going to let you bring that up instead of me saying it. This is true. And we speak very, he, he's we adopted. Speak very, very in-depth about what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my uh, Shirley, who, who is who is basically my mother, I call her mother because she's always been I believe I've met her at Pow Wow, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. You, you sure did. Okay. Now, all right, good we woman. talk all the time about what's going on from down with you guys. I mean, you know, down on the island mm-hmm. and the differences between the nations and whatnot. And seeing the the outreach that you guys are getting in, in these 
shapes and forms. And I will tell you right now, <laughs> that's that Seneca Nation is nothing to mess with, and nobody messes with. I know they take care of because themselves. they're willing to fight most. Yes, they take care of the people, man. The Iroquois people make sure that they self-preserve. I go to the Onondaga Nation, and it's amazing to me how they make sure that their own is taken right? care of. First and foremost, and still help the outside community. But you must take care of your nations. We went from 100 million to 3 million. It's important and imperative that we do that. As all people, but as nations, you have to do that. You can't be selfish and whatnot. But you're right. I love the Iroquois. They are a, you know, family-oriented people that keep their cultures and their customs. And they don't even try to. Good energy up there. Upstate there. I know that in Buffalo area. You know, in the Erie County area, it's a rough, rough area now. I'm watching. I'm watching her son grow up in the Buffalo area, and seeing how much she's getting entrenched with these, with these gangs and just people. Yeah, just, I mean, East Side. I mean, East Main in in Buffalo. It, it's not a place where you want to go, even if you think you're hard. It, it, I know. I've seen it, a few people. I met a few people. It's you wouldn't think that Buffalo was so crime ridden I was is, on the train to Amtrak to go and say hello and spend a week just to you know decompress and you know get ready for the upcoming season and visit my family and I will tell you the stories mm-hmm. I was hearing from behind the uh, one row behind me the was scenes, ridiculous yeah. but I regress and say that wow. you know the state I know that the state has been trying to play games with Shinnecock Nation for a 20 some odd years of me even being cognitive mm-hmm. of these things trying to sneak people on you had that 5G uh, or 4G LTE thing yes. when they were bringing people up in there like all of a sudden they're going to go ahead and do that but did you but did the nation actually invite them to come up on there or they have they have reign of that I don't believe so I don't believe so I just, you know what? I'm running for a uh, trustee next year because there's a lot of things that aren't spoken about and I'm one of the ones that voice it and I find out a lot of things. So it's the same thing with our government. I've been to the Onondaga Nation and spoke with one of the chiefs up there and they personally told me that uh, people from Shinnecock came up there and trying to do some type of deal. The, the nation never knew anything about it. So there's always, let's say, the deep state, as Trump would say, the bottom of the swamp that needs to be cleaned it's everywhere you know so we wouldn't take it and i believe they tried to bring 5g to southampton and southampton yeah everybody's going crazy over that we have the elite out here that's actually a good thing because everything out here is based on um the people that continuously live out here and basically fund the hamptons so they're not going to put any poison where they live. <laughs> they were and, that's a, and, and that's a whole other discussion for you to have. And I would hope that we can, that I can give yes. you a little bit of a guide. Oh, definitely. On oh, most definitely. Now that we got the uh, technical difficulties out of the way, of course, you're going to the main. Well, I was like, yep, I, I need an uh, outside opinion that way it's impartial because this is real radio. We're not holding back. We're not disrespecting. We're not doing anything. We're just giving people our opinions and our views from an, an, uh, uh, our standpoint our generation because we see things different the move the change is happening in our era it's based off the technologies from people our age mostly you see so i think that we need to have these platforms so pe- our people can can, and can I think open up 
So yeah, I, I think the communities as of our generation, yours and mine, from when we started to coming through, definitely. is the great bridging of mm-hmm. the communities or the attempt to. Yes. Was, I mean, we could go back to when we were kids and I remember, you know, Hillcrest and, and the Reds always getting into it and always having mm-hmm. problems. And there still was tensions, of course. But except for me, I was the only one that was cool with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just I, I can't get into negative. Things, but see, but that's right. the thing that we're, we're, you know, even at a government level that that the government of New York State you know, in this area, in the east end of Long Island, is failing to understand is that, yeah, there's things that happen in our community, um, out, you know, in, in the outside residential community of Southampton, Village Town, and whatever you want to put your finger on. And there's things that happen up on, you know, on Shinnecock Nation. There's stuff that happens on Puspatuck that puts everything to shame. And, you know, mm-hmm. we can go back into the history of how mm-hmm. they got mm-hmm. shunned from their area to be put in that little corner and then having their numbers drop yeah. exponentially. We don't know all of those things. Let's see. It's about ignorance. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. You lose your land from ignorance of the law. That's the only um, logical answer for that. And you can go deep into depth with that, but it's ignorance and, and of your the law. Ignorance, period. And pride. Those are always the biggest things that will get you in trouble. Mm. That's and, powerful. Yes. And I've, I've seen it. I've said. seen it. I, I don't even got to speak about your, you know, the nation of Shinnecock or anyone else. I can sit there and say, mm-hmm. you know, our everyday lives, when you take all the labels right off of each other, you take a look. You take a look at the people that get up. Well, they're the same people that get up with each other because they're all in collusion with each other in a certain small group mm-hmm. and that's the same thing that goes yeah. around with this constitutional carry you have a group of people that want to make it across the board for whomever and whatever it's a small group the majority of the group wants to put restrictions on it and then a very small group mm. wants to becomes lambs for the slaughter and they believe that peace and love will go ahead and yeah and it will not because there's always an adverse energy there's always negative people i'm 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 a little peeved at it because as an ex-convict not to say that i was guilty see i I went to i did go to prison and i never told the police that the man was coming at me with a weapon to assault me and my arm was in i had uh broken my collarbone and i was defending myself i never said that because you, you you know you take the street codes and say, you know what, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to look like this, you see? But I went to prison for that. And I feel this, I, 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 like I'm fair. Okay, if somebody, did, uh, let's say, committed a crime. See, I deal with common law. If you injure a person's um, property or a person's person, oh, you should have some type of sanction. So in my heart, it was wrong, even though I was defending myself. I just had to do that. But I feel like after 10 years of not getting in trouble and none of those things, you should be able to, it should have a clean slate because it you're, it promotes the message that once bad, yes, always you bad. Should have been, when, I, when I was a child, I thought like a child. When I became a man, I, I thought like a man. You know, it's just peace because I have daughters now. So if things get bad with this economy and there's looting and stuff, how do I protect my family? 
it's a catch twenty. It's it's a tight situation. Like I'm not, I don't have any malice. If 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 the state says that I possess the weapon with intent to harm somebody, did I not have the option to really take? Well, see, life? even with that, what you just said, I agree with someone's life to be able to scare them off. Who knows? You can go ahead and fire from the ground. But my intent, that's my my thing. They're saying you had bad intentions and you might do something. So if you convicted me or something. I could have went different ways then. And if I didn't opt for that, my intentions weren't well, yeah, for and, that. Yeah, and then, and then the you problem see? becomes is that, you know, when you're going into street ways and, and thinking it, uh, snitches get stitches. And it's like, hold on. You have to understand the definition, yeah. you know, the true definition of a snitch. Snitch is a person who wants to get up on their brother and for what they're doing in order to move them out of the way. And knows what they're doing. They're trying, trying to get trying them to get out, out of the way so that they no, can profit on their part of the street. And that's mm -hmm. if you are a civilian, people, there is no such thing as being a snitch. I don't care how long you've been in the streets. I don't care what you think. If you are a civilian, you are a good old taxpayer. You do not get in trouble. You're not. Don't feel bad. I, I, I'm, that's me saying this. But now if you and your friend are committing crime and he gets caught and then or you get caught and you tell on him it was his idea, that's different. Because you, your intent was to, to break the law, but you got caught. That's just, you know, I just don't feel that constitutional carry should be contingent to anything. Because like I said, I have family and daughters and I'm very highly trained in hunting. I'm trained with, with, with uh, gun safety and I'm a bow hunter. But you, you, you're saying I can't protect my family. On Shinnecock Nation, those laws don't apply regardless of what the state says. But... I don't know. Do I always want to stay on the nation? No. I have plans to move to Montana, which is a constitutional carry state. You know, Tennessee, back to Tennessee, constitutional carry state. Vermont, where Bert, this is crazy. Vermont has been constitutional carry. They don't even mention it. If you have a sidearm, they don't ask you anything because they deal with the Fourth Amendment, probable cause. If I'm not breaking the law, you cannot approach me because you're violating my right to travel and there's no probable cause. If you, if you didn't suspect me of a crime, that's or none of that's that. true, and and, and that so, falls into that. They, they let well, you shoot they, yourself they also, in the foot. They basically. also like to use that yeah. little push called probable suspicion, and that's a big one that everybody mm -hmm. doesn't understand. It's like, oh, you don't have probable cause. Well, some things don't need probable cause. Some things need probable suspicion, and that's where red flag comes in. Yes, this whole conversation. If you want to talk about red flag and what that's going and how that's going. It's like, hey, you know what? You did something long ago, okay? And now you're getting complaints. Mm. Now, I, I, for myself, do not worry too much about red flag. People say, oh, it's, it's, it's a way for cops to kill people. No, it is definitely not. It is no. a right. It is giving the police the right to just check, even if it's just a complaint, like a noise complaint. What do you think they're doing? They're going on probable suspicion to come and see if you're breaking a law. It's not like that old mayor in Sag mm -hmm. Harbor used to drive around with a decibel level meter and drive and then outside the door hold it and say, oh, well, you're over the decibel meter, send the cops in. And they start going ahead and either shut I don't know where they start fighting for this. Sheesh. You got to understand. Wow. There was a 72-year-old man. He was acting odd. The person next door called in. The police came up and he walked up to the he walked up to the door armed and loaded with a gun. 
the police officers told mm-hmm. him what was going down and put the gun down. The guy put the gun down. Then they explained why he was going ahead and being in this probable suspicion situation. He picked up his firearm and then here's he the just thing. escalated the situation. Draw down on him and shoot him. The cop went and tried to wrestle the gun away. What did he do? He did he discharged and that's how he was murdered. Okay, now oh that murder God. is going to be called a homicide. Homicides are investigated. Because it was no intent to kill him. No, it, the, the difference is murder is intent. Homicide is you didn't have intent to kill someone, but in the event of whatever the um, occasion, a death occurred. So due to that, you can yeah. be charged with homicide. And then yes, there's negligent and- homicide. So it's justifiable, but it's based on the jury to decide if it was... The jury has power to to acquit you or not. People don't know that. The judge can't tell them that. If you don't feel, you can just say not guilty right now. And and the thing is with rectify is that you don't need to go in front of a jury. You can go and talk to somebody about this. If the police come up and they hear, hey, I heard there's yeah. uh, there's a dispute. You know, um, you're on the red flag system. We know that you registered your handgun here. Um, what's going on? And be like, oh, well, my wife found me cheating with. Um, uh, Jessica and 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 you know we had a we had a fight and she threw some things around the house and voices got escalated they called to see that there was a disturbance so they went to check on the disturbance if you comply you're fine but the thing yes. is is that they're not coming with a what he just told you people to the house so once again it's just contact mm-hmm. If they sit there and say, may I come into your house? No, you cannot. I need to have a warrant. And you know what? No, you cannot. Always remember that people who get their doors knocked down, they have a warrant in their hand and they're reading it to the house. And that mm-hmm. is completely legal. They read it to the house. Legal. Yes, it is. It is legal. It's valid. And they have to show you that on, on yeah, site and if they have or it, shortly they after. Usually and now that we have, you know, the... The, the local police departments are coming with cameras now with audio that they, they sit there and they read the warrant that's a to beautiful the empty thing. house that's not being answered they can if they choose to go into the house and go looking now remember there's plain sight so if you mm-hmm. plain sight doctrine but the plain sight doctrine plain view doctrine only applies to searching i mean to seizure not a chargeable offense True. People need to know that, you see. But I, before I forget, it's very important that people listen. That listen. Um, uh, remember how Justin just in that scenario talked to the officer calmly, logically, cordially, professionally to the point. No, officer, this is what happened. There's no problem. Have a nice day. Can I come in? No, you may not. Not you. And now they go see something that you're not supposed to have or they police are trained to find the charge. You people have to understand that's not personal. That's their job. That's what they're supposed to do. They're not supposed to listen to you. They're not supposed to believe you, not believe you. They're supposed to find the evidence and find the charge because that's being impartial. I understand it. I overstand it. And I have no problem with that. When they step outside the scope of law now, that's exactly right. And, and the biggest thing is, you know, is that if an officer goes into your house and there's nothing in plain sight, let's say you don't, you know, you have a magazine that's sitting out that is gone ahead and been loaded. Okay, that right there can open a scope of investigation. Right yes. Right then and there. Yes, it can. He, what, what the officer, if a, a, a wise officer would do, they would note 
try to maybe take a picture then take that evidence not take it personally the evidence meaning the picture and 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 the um the um, not the com- not the complaint or the deposition or whatever um they would take that and then they would take that to a magistrate and then put in the application for exactly an order for and that's a how they you know, and then that's, and that's valid. Build in order to stop that's the, valid. the old the fruits of the poisonous tree from biting them in the ends. This fruits of the poisonous tree is a beautiful thing. doctrine, and Matt versus Ohio solidifies that. And you know, but um, that was constitutional carry because um, I know I have to. This battery's <laughs> gonna die, so we like to thank Justin Dickerson he will definitely be on here numerous times because like I said impartial views, real radio, we're not going to hold back, we're not going to be partial and if I'm wrong, he's going to let me know, if he's wrong, I'm going to let him know, we're going to disagree we may agree, we don't know but we're real, it's just real people, so I'm glad we worked it out to where we can get on, so now we know that we can continue, and I'm going to upgrade all this system, this is just to get it out there now because people need to hear some of these things, we'll do the we'll, you know with me and you behind the scenes we'll make sure this is all professional done because justin yes knows how to do all this stuff and justin please tell them what you do or um you're, you're djing <laughs> i'm a uh, i'm a you know foreverly unemployed professional drum and bass dj um i will come to your backyard and make as much noise as possible and piss all your neighbors off any day of the week also um yes. also uh excellent have, have DJ. acquired my ascj um, as of the year of 2011, so criminology is nothing short of new to me. And I'll tell you this, whenever I go ahead and have a sit down with anybody, I'll respect all of your views. I will counter your views if they need to be countered, and you might not like what you hear from me. And you might totally fall in love with what you hear from me. But I'll tell you this, at the end of the day, I'm going to, well, not anymore, but uh, maybe I'll give you an air high five or a soul kiss. And I will sit there and say, at least we had an honest conversation without going ahead and having our feelings get completely in the way of things, but actually sit down as logical human beings, because I'll tell you this much, the biggest romance language that is being lost today is logical conversation. Yes, logic, people. It's simplicity. What's the best outcome at the matter for the matter at hand is simple logic. But again, um, Old Point News, we appreciate your time. Justin Dickerson, I'm Julian Policier, and we'll get back to you on the next episode. Always an honor. Appreciate it, Justin, for your time. All righty.